You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. On June 14, 1969, what would be any parent's worst nightmare unfolded in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Six-year-old Dennis Martin ran into the woods while playing a game near his father's campsite and vanished forever. For nearly three months, park rangers, Green Berets, volunteers, and Dennis's family scoured the park in hopes of finding him. But their long and laborious search turned up nothing but heartbreak. They found no sign of Dennis, not the red shirt he'd been wearing, and not even a hint of his remains. After more than 50 years, the same chilling question remains. How could someone disappear so quickly? Did he perish? And if he did, was the forest responsible or a vicious killer lurking inside of it? Theories range from the simple to the sinister. Though some park rangers think that Dennis merely succumbed to the elements, Others indeed wonder if the little boy met a much worse fate. They've speculated that Dennis ran into the woods and crossed paths with the most dangerous predator of all, a fellow human being. At least one witness recalled hearing a blood-curdling scream just after Dennis disappeared. Meanwhile, others point to the legends of the feral humans said to live in the Great Smoky Mountains and feast on human meat. And though no trace of Dennis has ever been found, his father died in the belief that his missing son was still alive, somewhere, with someone. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're exploring the heartbreaking case of Dennis Martin, the six-year-old who vanished in the Great Smoky Mountains and never returned. The day before Dennis disappeared was a good one for the Martin family. On June 13th, he, his father Bill, his grandfather Clyde, and his nine-year-old brother Doug set out for a weekend camping trip in the Smoky Mountains. The Martin family had a long legacy with this site. Their ancestors had helped settle the area and take care of cattle before the Smoky Mountains became a national park. For half a century, Martin fathers and Martin sons had spent a June weekend camping trip together as part of a Father's Day tradition. Now, Dennis was finally old enough to be included. He was small for his age, but confident in nature. Though he'd never camped overnight away from home before, his parents had long brought him along on hikes, even carrying him when he couldn't yet walk. But this hike would cast a shadow over the Martin family tradition forever. On Saturday, June 14th, Dennis, his father, his brother, and his grandfather woke up at their campsite at Russell Field. 
Then, they spent the day making their way up to Spence Field, a mountain highland meadow that straddles the Tennessee-North Carolina border. There, they encountered another family with two young boys. As the children played, the adults chatted and enjoyed the sweeping panoramic view. Around 4.30 p.m., the adults watched out of the corner of their eyes as the four boys gathered and fell suspiciously silent. They began to whisper to each other, planning a prank to pull on the grown-ups. And, all of a sudden, they scattered. Two of the other family's boys and Doug ran south. Dennis ran north. Just a couple of minutes passed before the three boys came leaping out of the woods to scare the adults who went along with the joke and pretended to be surprised. But then Bill realized that one of the boys was missing. Dennis had not jumped out with the others. The boys explained that they'd asked him to jump out separately because of his red t-shirt. They thought he'd be too easy to spot. But as the adults scoured the campsite, they saw no flash of red among the thick knots of rhododendrons that surrounded Spence Field. To make matters worse, a wind had picked up, drowning out calls of Dennis's name and muting any of his possible replies or cries for help. Bill Martin searched through the woods nearby, and Clyde Martin even hiked six miles to a park ranger station to alert them about Dennis, but the six-year-old had vanished. And then it started to rain. On the night that Dennis Martin disappeared, a terrible thunderstorm moved through the Smoky Mountains. Three inches of rain fell, and temperatures dropped to the low 50s. Occasionally, Dennis's family stepped out into the downpour to yell Dennis's name. Only thunder responded. At 5 a.m. the next morning, the search for the six-year-old began in earnest. News of his disappearance had spread, and in addition to the park rangers, locals, rescue squads, and even a troop of Boy Scouts camping nearby came to help. Even the Green Berets joined in. Before long, 240 people fanned out in the woods in hopes of finding Dennis and bringing him home. Helicopters buzzed overhead, dogs sniffed through the underbrush, and volunteers worked in high spirits despite the rain, certain they'd find the missing boy. Dennis's mother, Violet, who joined the search, felt optimistic that they'd quickly recover her youngest son. She said, quote, I have a feeling we're going to find him. Maybe God sent us this ordeal so we could appreciate things more, unquote. But though the ranks of searchers swelled over the next couple of days, eventually peaking at 1,400 and even attracting the attention of President Richard Nixon, who monitored the situation from the White House, they found no sign of the missing boy. To Dwight McCarter, a park ranger who helped with the search, each new wave of enthusiastic volunteers brought on a sinking feeling. He began to realize that they were doing more harm than good. Some of the volunteers, well-intentioned but inexperienced, had never even been in the Smoky Mountains before. He said, quote, If you've got 1,400 people, they've stomped on everything. It just doesn't work. Every broken branch, footprint, and other clue has been trampled. You've got search dogs that can't sniff any clues." Unquote. That said, a couple of hikers did turn up one clue, albeit a somewhat tenuous one. They found what appeared to be faint, child-sized tracks in the mud. One of the tracks appeared to be a shoe print, the other seemed barefooted. 
The tracks continued for about 900 feet before disappearing near a stream. The Martins thought that the tracks looked too big to belong to Dennis, and they were largely dismissed as likely having come from the Boy Scouts. But McCarter thinks that they could have belonged to the missing boy. He was still a young ranger at the time, just 24, and taking orders from more senior men. But McCarter regrets that the tracks were never closely examined. He said, quote, They didn't find tracks from a bunch of kids. They found tracks from one kid. He was by himself, and none of those scouts who'd been through were barefoot, unquote. Regardless, the Smoky Mountains offered up no more clues. Dennis's seventh birthday came and went just days later on June 20th, and the Martin family went home without their son on June 25th. A handful of rangers continued to search until September 11th, and then the search was called off for good. Dennis, it seemed, had simply vanished into the wilderness. And though no one knows for sure what happened to him, a few more clues, each as chilling as the last, emerged in the years that followed. July, about a month after Dennis had disappeared, a man named Harold Key came forward with an eerie story. He'd been in the mountains on June 14th, and around 6 or 7 p.m. at night, he heard something that chilled him to the bone. As Key explained to one reporter, quote, We heard a scream, an enormous, sickening scream. We couldn't tell which direction it came from, but it sounded like it came from higher on the mountain to me, unquote. Then, Key claimed that he saw a man in the bushes saying, quote, I couldn't tell much about him because he was going down the creek toward the cars. He was definitely trying to keep from being seen. I thought maybe he was a moonshiner, unquote. When Key heard about Dennis Martin's disappearance, his thoughts went immediately to the man in the woods. He molded over for about a month before deciding to come forward with what he knew. Rangers, though, are doubtful that this odd sighting is connected to Dennis Martin. They determined that Key was between five and nine miles away from Spence Field, where Dennis had disappeared, and that it's unlikely a kidnapper could have made it so far so quickly. But according to McCarter, the Martin family has long believed in this theory that Dennis ran into someone in the woods near the campsite who grabbed him and took him away. They even offered a $5,000 reward for any information about their son, refusing to believe that he'd perished in the woods. Bill Martin said, quote, I've got nothing to go on, no evidence, but it's a possibility and the only one we have that the boy is still alive, unquote. Indeed, rumors have long spread about the quote-unquote feral people living in the Smokies, and some in the internet age have suggested that one of them snatched Dennis away from his family's campsite, and took him deep into the wild. But some think the explanation is more simple, if still heart-wrenching. For one, Dennis could have perished on the very first night of hypothermia. Lost in the cold and the darkness, without proper gear, he may have died during the storm. It's also possible that some kind of wild animal killed him. McCarter noted that bears were especially ravenous that summer, and that one had wandered into a boar trap baited with corn, something that bears don't usually seek out near Spence Field. 
As such, McCarter believes it's definitely possible that an animal attacked Dennis. What's more, someone went to McCarter in July 1985 to tell him that he'd found a child-sized skeleton, including a skull, in the Smoky Mountains a couple of years after Dennis's disappearance. He'd been hunting ginseng when he came across the bones in the ground near an uprooted tree. But the man had been hunting illegally, so he didn't report his sighting for years. A team of 30 soon came to investigate this site and found that it was about three and a half miles downhill from where Dennis had last been seen. But the bones were gone. They'd likely been scavenged and scattered by wild animals. Clay Jordan, the deputy park superintendent, believes that the simplest explanation is probably the best in this case. He said, quote, For me, I don't have to look for another explanation because I know it can happen so easily. I think he wandered off in the wrong direction, ended up on the wrong trail, and then just kept going, unquote. Maybe Jordan is right. Maybe he's not. To date, no one knows what happened to Dennis Martin. But what is certain is that his disappearance has changed how search parties operate to this very day. Dennis Martin's disappearance in 1969 elicited an eager response from hopeful volunteers, but park rangers quickly realized that the vast numbers of people looking for Dennis likely hindered, as opposed to helped, the effort to find him. According to an internal memo, quote, Everyone kept feeling that the boy would be found in the next hour, and it was probably this reason why the search organization did not keep pace with the rapid manpower buildup. This search developed so fast that we failed to realize the need for quick organization from the standpoint of manpower, overhead, and public relations." Unquote. Today, searches are conducted differently. Instead of flooding an area with volunteers, search parties work smarter and smaller. Instead of looking for one person, they often search instead for clues, of which dozens might exist. Jordan says that these changes are thanks in part to Dennis Martin. He said, quote, he was the boy responsible for changing search and rescue, not just in Tennessee or the United States, but across the globe. People being trained in search management in Australia are taught the Dennis Martin case." Unquote. Today, the Dennis Martin disappearance case stands as one of the most mysterious and heartbreaking in recent memory. He dashed into the woods for less than five minutes and disappeared forever. Whether Dennis simply got lost, succumbed to the elements, or was snatched up by someone in the woods will never be known for sure. But he did leave a mark on the world. Thanks to him, search parties are better and more efficient. Still, what happened to Dennis on June 14, 1969 remains a puzzle. One whose answer was buried long ago in the deep, dark forests that line the Smoky Mountains. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. 
If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.